all have needs and desires and seek to discover our own erotic journey. You've come to the right place. This is Seek, Discover, Create with Lexi Silver, presented by SDC. In the next hour, we're here to answer your burning questions about relationships, sexuality, and health from the leading sex experts and professionals. Now, here is your host, Lexi Silver. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to SDC Presents Seek, Discover, Create. I'm your host, Lexi Silver. And today, we're going to talk about how you can seduce your partner with erotic stories. Joining me today is erotica author, on-air personality, and kinkster, Casey Carter, who I'll also have the pleasure of having as a co-host on August 7th for my webinar event, Cocktails and Erotic Tales. Before we start our chat with Casey, I want to thank our sponsor, SDC.com, your and my expert source of exclusive information about sex, health, and relationships, where you can also access the world's largest lifestyle dating platform. Use my special promo code 7070 to get two months free at sdc.com. That's 7070 to get two months free at SDC. So get ready to fearlessly embrace your lexuality with Casey and I. Let me tell you a little bit more about my special guest today. Casey Carter is an erotic author, like I mentioned before, on-air personality and fetish lifestyle expert. Her knowledge and expertise have made her an industry force whose influence has both educated and motivated publishing professionals, entertainment leaders, and the general mainstream. She's also made quite the name for herself with groundbreaking literature. Ooh, we're going to hear about that later. She draws from her real-life experiences and pushes readers' perceived boundaries with dynamic, brave, and adventurous protagonists like Kendra in Open House and The Encounter. Beverly in Murder and Tie Me Up, or Pamela in Tribeca. These deeply emotional series were labors of love for Casey, written to empower readers from all walks of life to unashamedly acknowledge their true selves and be unafraid of life's challenges. Welcome to my show, Casey. Thank you for joining me. Hey, Lexi. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. We, uh, I swear we didn't spend like an hour talking before this, just hanging out. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> That's the danger of us being together. It is. And people will have firsthand knowledge of that when they come and join us at Cocktails and Erotic Tales. Yeah, I'm actually really very excited about that. It takes me back to when I first started promoting my erotica. So I'm giddy to do this again. Oh, me too. Okay. It's going to be double trouble though, between you and I and reading from our stories. People do not know yet. They're not ready. They're not ready. So, which is good because I don't (laughs) want them to come ready. I want them to be like, oh my God. Oh my God. For everyone here, the first time I met Casey was, I want to say two years ago. must've been about two years ago. Almost. Um, Yeah. Almost. Yeah. We'll have like an anniversary soon at some point, you know? Um, And I was pretty much obsessed right off the bat because I went to her workshop called From Book to Brand. Oh my God. I can't believe remember that. At uh, Sex Down South in Atlanta. And I walk into the room I was only expecting to stay maybe, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes because I was trying to attend as many workshops as possible. 
but I was lured in by Casey, whose personality just totally invaded the room and called me to just stay. And she was wearing this insanely sparkly corset that I, I had never seen anything like it before and wearing it like it was an everyday outfit kind of deal. I was like, wow, who is this person? I need to know more. And I was just, from then, we I was obsessed. We ended up talking and we, ever since. So we have been pretty connected, not just because we're erotica authors, just like there was like this vibe or something. So I'm so excited to be talking to you again, having her back on the podcast. She's been a guest before. You're definitely going to want to check out that episode too, as I guess a prequel to what we're going to talk about today. So that's a little background information about my relationship with Casey. You know, in all honesty, it was so funny when you said that you were only supposed to be in the room for a few minutes and you didn't leave. I'm like, wow, because you like you stayed the whole workshop. You stuck out, you know, hung out after the workshop. We connected again in the hallway later. I mean, I'm tickled that you enjoyed it. And I'm even more tickled to see your book after all this time. I mean, when I was reading it the other day, I was like, oh, my God, Lexi was in my workshop about and here she is with the book and like oh my and we're about to promote together so that's like really exciting i mean again i can't tell you how much i'm looking forward to this and and just the idea that that chance encounter has created this relationship and i you know i feel like we're now at the beginning stages even though we've been talking to each other for the last 2 years I feel like now we're at the beginning stages of doing something and not simply because you wrote the book, but I think because over the last two years, we've spent so much time kind of working through what each one of us is doing that it's like, okay, now we're about to be some badass bitches. I don't know. I feel like you've been this badass bitch forever and I'm just joining you now. (laughs) I'm just saying. I've been doing cocktails and cocktails just a couple of times, but you have been doing video like that for a while with your fans, you know, doing reading excerpts and stuff, enticing your fans, naughty bedtime stories as you like to call them. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing is it started with my Casey at night show and the show came on at 10 o'clock. And so calling them naughty bedtime stories just seemed appropriate, but it was also the only way I could promote the work. I mean, as you know, there are very few places to promote erotic stories. And as you have done for yourself, I took matters into my own hands and just started not just say promoting that I wrote a book because I was doing that all over social media, but saying, hey, here, here are the words that I wrote. And it like really turned into a thing. And so yeah, I'm looking forward to reading your words because my show also evolved where I went from reading just my words to reading other people's stories. And that was a lot of fun too. So I'm, I'm looking forward to reading your story as well. It's going to be fun because I mean, you know, hosting these events by myself, I'm, I've been only reading my own stuff. And now I have an opportunity to read your words that you devised, that you came up with in a tone that hopefully will do credit to some of the words that you've written. And I'm going to hear my stories being read out loud by someone other than me. So it's just mind blowing. I'm just so excited. Yeah, I I remember the first time somebody else read one of my stories and I sat there like, kind of like giddy, like a kid, like just like, (laughs) oh my God, I wrote that. Oh my God. Like it's, it's strange. You know, you read your story out loud, but in your head, you've read it a million times and whatever. 
But then you hear someone else read it and you're like, oh my God, they got that emotion right. Or, oh, that's just how it sounded in my head. Like that to me is everything, you know? Since we're both so on the same page, it seems, so to speak, so on the same page, talking about, you know, (laughs) reading and writing here. When I first started writing erotica, I did it for, you know, my own reasons. I just wanted to share it with the world. I just had all these, all this inspiration. I was, I was horny and I was creative and I was a writer. And that was a great way for me to explore my, like I say, lexuality through my writing. So how did you first start as an erotica writer? Okay. So the erotica came about when I was in the midst of separating from my ex-husband. Ah, imagine that. Um, it was a sexual release. It was, it was a way of getting not just, say, sexual frustration out, but getting emotional frustration out. And not that like there's like angry females in the stories, because there aren't. But it was just this idea of being able to release the energy into something. So I've got a character who, Kendra, who is pretty aggressive. And I think she's that persona that I'm like, okay, the anger, the whatever, all of that energy goes into her. And so she's like this really strong, dominant female who before folks get the wrong idea she's not a man hater but she's like a challenger like she likes to be challenged by another strong character so if you're a not so strong male then she just doesn't want to be bothered with you but if you're that you know if you can give her a challenge give her a run for the money she is so turned on and like that was a thing it was getting that energy in there and, and like, you know, having it turn into this fuel for passion. I like her already. <laughs> oh, you're going to love Kendra. Oh, oh my God. God. She sounds so much like you. And, you know, to that effect, you know, your characters, you know, not just Kendra, but you have all, like all of your characters, especially your female characters are so empowered and, you know, for the most part, like really confident in their skills. I mean, why the fuck not? Right. But, you know, so confident. And I mean, Some people say, you know, you write what you know. So are they all, you know, mini yous, like little reflections of you or different parts of your personality kind of put together? I would say they are different parts of my personality for sure. Because, you know, there's, there's Kendra and she, she is probably the strongest in the bunch, right? But then in the story you're going to read is Diane and Diane Vanilla to the fullest extent. But there's a vulnerability in Diane that I relate to, Um, a transparency in Diane that, you know, every time I, every time I read the story and the story that the excerpt you're reading is from the big date. So every time I read the big date, I find myself like a little emotional because she has this awakening that I'm like, are you sure you want to, talk like that like are you sure you want to put these ideas in here because I felt so connected to them so yeah like they literally all you know Kendra like I said is really really strong Diane is very vanilla not that I'm vanilla but like I said this emotional transparent you know being transparent in that way and then like you mentioned Beverly Beverly I love Beverly because Beverly is that one foot in one foot out girl 
she's that wanting to be her kinky self, but at the same time, like, I'm not quite sure I want to go that far, but she can't <laughs> resist it. Like she's drawn to the kink. And, and there's always this sort of tug of war of, she's always putting herself to her edge and then not fully going over the edge, but she's got like that looking over the edge, like, yeah, I think I might try it this time. So like, I love that about her because I think so many of us are that same way, but we just don't find the courage to go all out because we're afraid of what someone's going to say. And then Pamela, she's similar to Beverly, but in a little different in that she, she's got that, that ever hopeful nature that there's a Prince Charming somewhere. There's, you know, she's, she's got this romanticized vision of sex. She's not quite the full on freak, but she's willing to try a few things, you know? So, <laughs> so there's this variety of characters. Um, and, and I think I did that because I really wanted people to, well, okay, I really did that because I got a little bit of ADD. I think people want to find that thing, that person that they can see themselves in. Like, I don't want you to just like that character. I want you to feel like, oh my God, like that's me, like that's how I am. And so they're kind of written that way in which you can not just fall in love with a character, but see yourself in that character and see yourself being able to challenge yourself. Cause that's the thing I try to give everyone a challenge to overcome except for Kendrick cause she's just a badass bitch. But I try to give <laughs> everyone somewhat of a challenge whether it's, you know, a, a physical or an emotional, like everybody gets something that they have to push their boundaries on. That really gives each character more depth, right? We all, we can all relate to that. We've all had challenges that we've had to overcome. And, you know, uh, writing mating season, I mean, it, it's a collection of erotic stories that I wrote since, you know, they, they, I've been writing here and there over the last 15 years, maybe a little longer, maybe a little longer than 15 years. But some of those characters are vulnerable. Some of those characters have, you know, had real challenges to overcome. In a way, they're all extensions of us. One of the things I love most about writing is I can be anyone I want. It's almost like I'm role playing with myself. I'm playing yes. with myself. I, I see that in also in terms of amplifying who I am or being able to, okay, because, you know, when you put yourself out publicly, you try to, I don't want to say um, hide or pretend to be something, but like, you, you know, having grown up with the mom that I have, you don't do anything to embarrass your mom, right? Like when you go out, you don't, you do nothing to embarrass your mom. So there's that, that always plays in the back of my head that I don't want to go out and do anything that I wake up tomorrow and I'm like, oh shit, you know? So um, I, I think I find myself being myself in the stories. You know, I tell people okay. sometimes there's three versions of me. I am everyday Casey. Then there's the version of me that's mom. And then there's me that's Kendra. And Casey, the transition from Casey to Kendra is like flipping a light switch. That switch goes off. And, and it's funny because when I used to do Casey at night, 
Lorenzo would say, I can tell the minute you switched, like it's in your eyes. I'm like, dude, you're so full of shit. Like, yeah, all right, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the, my frequent viewers was like, oh my God, yes, like right there. And I'm like, wait, what are you talking about? And so I started watching the playback of the video and I'm like, wow, you can see it. Like literally lights go on and Kendra has just stepped into the room. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I sometimes feel like it's, it's where I can be me 110% without having to check it. So I, I love writing for that reason. And, and even for the things that I fantasize about, like, you know, I don't, I think for me, the biggest thing I get out of writing is I can live on the pages. Like I don't necessarily write just for the sake of writing a story. I live on the pages, whether it's real life or something I'd like to do in the future. So I'm relating so hard. I'm like nodding. No one can see me because they're hearing this. I'm nodding. I'm like, yes, yes. That's so right on. Oh my God. So that's really cool. You know, the fact that people can visually see you making that switch and Kendra's still part of your personality. Yeah. It's just like that plus plus, you know what I mean? Yeah, uh, like absolutely. Casey plus plus, you know? <laughs> Cause you're already a badass bitch and then you're like transforming kind of, you know, a little bit into this Kendra self right. where she's one of yourselves, which is so cool. So, you know, I'm curious because, you know, you're talking about like one of your other viewers, obviously Lorenzo knows you very well too. Um, he's, he's amazing, but you know, these people who have had the privilege of hearing you read out loud, who have had the privilege of reading your stories, what have they told you? I mean, you've had a lot of interaction with your fans. I'm curious to hear what they've said are your, their favorite parts of what you've written, what you've done, you know, how, you know, the, your different characters, maybe different scenarios. What kind of feedback have you received from your fans over the years? Um, Kendra and Beverly are by far the favorite characters. Um, and usually it's the, they're drawn to that strong person, that, that strong personality, that confident woman. Um, especially because Kendra has a, has the mindset of, I can do whatever I want to do. Mm. Um, the fact that it may be male oriented or a male characteristic means nothing to her. Like it literally means like, if you want to insult her, tell her there's something she can't do. And that's, <laughs> you know, that's an insult for her because now you've kicked in this, oh, do I hear challenge? You know? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, so it, 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 she instantly is going to go there with you, whether you call challenge or not, she's, it's a challenge. Um, and so like, they like that about Kendra. And then they like, again, like I said about Beverly, this willingness to be daring, but honest enough about the fact that I'm a little bit afraid of that. Like they, it's because I think people relate to that. Um, and then speaking of Lorenzo, there's a book that I did with his help. I should really say we, it's really more of a collaboration to it, you know. Um, and in, in that book, John, because the book's called John, John is this, this central character. And with John, it's more of a, because it, it, it's a collection of stories, but it takes you through the development of a young, immature guy to being a world-class, internationally known dominant. 
he does stuff that's off the charts, like him and the crew that he runs with, totally off the charts. And so, you know, they, they like the daringness of that. Like you start that story and you, as you get towards the end, cause I've literally had people get somewhere in the middle and they're like, okay, wait, 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 hold on, hold on. Oh, okay. Oh my God. Did they, are they, and then they're like surprised. And then they get to the end and they're like, okay, wait a minute. Can we talk about what's going on in the end? And I say all of that because you got to get the book to understand. It's a progression. It's almost like I baited you with candy in the front end so I can get you to this back end. And now that you're here, you're not going to leave. You're going to get all the way to the end (laughs) and you're going to be clutching your pearls. And at the same time going, I think I want to try that. I think I want to try that. You lured me in with the candy. (laughs) Oh yeah, I'm in. So that, I think that's probably the, the most consistent feedback is Kendra and Beverly and just this idea of being lured into the story and, and getting to a point where you naturally would not have gone, but you're in here now, so you're mine. You're not And what I love about that is that, for, especially for the people who are um, pearl clutching at the end of the story, <laughs> I, I love that because I'm like, it leads, co- leads to conversation. It leads to, like, you know, you get that, oh, I'd never do that. That's gross. That's, that's whatever. And I'm like, well, why? Well, what, what's so gross about that? I mean, what's the problem? And it, it, it creates this opportunity to, um, you know, start a dialogue and, and get people to think about something they would not have necessarily thought about or to see something they did not see before. And I'm, that for me is the ultimate. Oh, I love that. And I want to talk more about that shamelessness that because of the progression of the story, the discovery of each character, the storyline, the way you you perfectly work that in, I want to cover that a little bit more. You were telling me about that challenge, right? <laughs> telling her that you can you can't do something. Was that something that was a challenge for you when it comes to, you know, when it came to or comes to writing your erotica? Um, that someone said you can't do this and you're like, I'm gonna do it, or was there something else that was a big challenge for you? Um, that's actually my personality as a whole. I see challenges in, in stuff that's not even a challenge. Listen, I, I was at a swingers club. Um, with Lorenzo and not minding my business. There was a conversation going on on my side. And at some point I, I heard challenge and nobody was talking to me. And I just was all in, I'm sitting here talking to him apparently really loud. So everybody over here could hear me. Like that's, it's innate in me. And he was like, not only did Kendra kick in, but you were now daring people to do stuff. Really hard for people to, who maybe, I don't want to say vanilla necessarily, but people who are not as kinky, let's say. People who have never, let's say, gone to a sex club, never, you know, wielded a flogger, don't know what that's like. It's hard for them while reading a story like this, like one of yours or one of mine for the first time to imagine themselves in that kind of a scenario, especially since we add on so many different layers to 
oh, that's dirty. That's wrong. That means you're a slut. Like there's anything wrong with that. Um, but you know, because of all of those barriers, people find it so hard to explore themselves. And one thing that I love, well, one of the 8 million things that I love about you and your writing is that you remove all of that you know, oh, that's dirty. Oh, that's wrong from everything you're doing. And I think that in and of itself is a big challenge, not just as a writer, but as a person mm -hmm. to strip away those layers of judgment from someone who's reading it and get, make them want to, to say like, Hey, I want to try that. I want to experiment. You're getting them curious. How do you do that? Um, aha. Wow. I think it starts with the fact that I am kink curious myself. And I, I think I've always been kind of like right out the gate, like eight o'clock, you lost your virginity, nine o'clock, we're now chasing kink. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like it, literally, <laughs> it was a right off the bat. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that I grew up in a very sex positive household. My mom, totally sex positive, like right from the beginning with her, her never at any point in time was sex dirty bad never was i bad for being interested or any of that so my mind was free to appreciate sex so i i think it just became it was an easy thing it was it was sort of automatic that once i started writing about it that's how i that's how i perceive it therefore that's how i put it on the page i i and i also as um as a sex educator i like the idea of demystifying the kink demystifying fetishes so i'm a little obsessed a lot of obsessed with fetishes in general because contrary to what we may all think we develop fetishes very early in our life. You know, we've got the whoopee we got to have, the pacifier that we sucked on, um, nursing. Like you hear people talk about they have a breast fetish because they were breastfed. It, it all stems from that sense of, of well-being, like that feeling good that you get from having your whoopee, from having, from nursing in that close contact um, and there's nothing sexual about nursing, but it's that closeness, that soothing that you get, that it makes you feel better. And it's not just because you got that toy or whatever. It literally gives you this sense of calm. And so it, this idea of fetishes develops and grows from there, um, whether it's a sexual fetish or a non-sexual fetish. So for me, I really, really kind of dug into that and wanted to make people okay with having a fetish and the fact that it does bring um, arousal, it can bring climax, um, and there's nothing wrong with that. We already all do it. What, you know, I've got shoe fetishes. Shoe fetish is the first thing that comes to mind because I've got shoes spilling out of my closet. But you know, it's like, what is a shoe fetish? It, it, it's, I buy shoes that I feel good in. Like I put this shoe, on. I build entire outfits around shoes. Okay. Yeah. But you, your shoes are insane. They're yeah, so but, sexy. But see, but that's, that's the whole point is I see, I see this thing growing out of the shoes. 
And it brings me to a sexy place. It brings me the corsets, the tutus, like all of that before I ever actually put them on, I already feel sexy and I haven't done anything yet. And so I tr I've tried to share that and, and help other people find that for themselves. Um, one of the common things I hear when I go to conventions is they, ladies want me to help them figure out how to get a corset, where to get a corset, how do I get size for a corset, whose corset should I buy? Um, you know, you commented about the, the bedazzled, bedazzled corset that I had. I went to a um, Dita Von Teese show and she had these, these corsets that were blinged out in Swarovski crystals. Well, I can't bling it out in Swarovski crystals, so I did the next best thing. But when I was done with it, I was like, oh my God, I feel fucking glamorous as hell in this corset, you know? So it's just this idea of trying to take something that seems for some people is way up here or out, out to left field that they can't quite wrap their mind around and they don't want to ask the questions. They don't know who to ask. And, and even if they found the right person to ask, I don't want to feel stupid for asking this question. So yeah. I turn Casey into a safe space. I talk about these things very freely um, so that people feel comfortable asking me what, you know, their dumb question. Like, there's no dumb question. It's you satisfying your curiosity. And I wholeheartedly encourage it. Because I think the more comfortable you are with your own sexuality, whether that makes you a stone cold freak or a little vanilla kitty, it doesn't matter because it only leads to more. So if you can be comfortable with where you're at and your curiosity, we can take you higher. We just got to get you started. You know, our kinks and our fetishes are also, you know, yes, they make us feel good, you know, to, to do them and everything like that. But also like, there's no shame in any of them, whatever it is, right. you know? Right. And, um, th and I love that. I love that you feel that way. I love that you write that way. I love that people can, you know, talk to you about that. And you, do, you know, like you said, there are no stupid questions. You know, we all are curious. We don't know who to ask. We don't know who to approach. I get questions too. And they're like, oh, I'm sorry for asking before they've even asked their question. And you know, you're like, please ask. Yeah. Thank you for asking the question, whatever your question is. It doesn't matter. You were opening up to someone. You're asking a question that you just never, had an answer for it. I think that's amazing. And, you know, people wanting to explore themselves to understand more about their sexuality. There's no shame in that. There's nothing wrong with that. And, you know, folks like yourself, like myself are happy to help with that. There is the educational part, of course, of, you know, writing erotica, teaching people how to be shameless about the way that they feel, which is a mentality, right? Mindset of this is all okay. This is all fine. This is consensual. This is legal. This is, this is good. And it could feel good. It could feel great. To the people who are listening right now who are like, how can I use erotica to my advantage to make my partner feel like that? Maybe their partners don't feel that way about sex or themselves. Maybe the people reading don't feel that way about sex or themselves. How can erotica be used as a tool of seduction, in your opinion? You know, I think it's not unlike if you masturbate, you find those toys that you like, those toys that give you that uh, feeling, right? So, you know, your collection of stories, they go here, there, and everywhere. And I think that's what people need is they need to explore the different genres of erotica that are out there and find that thing that makes them twitch just a little bit. 
um, and, and then explore that more and see how that makes you feel. Because, um, I mean, erotica, depending upon what your taste is, it's just verbal porn, right? So for those of you who don't think you can watch it, you can read it. And, you know, going back to the vanilla folks who are like, oh, I don't do porn. How many of you vanilla folks? And I apologize, I don't mean vanilla in a derogatory sense, but how many of you less kinky people were completely into Fifty Shades of Grey because of the sexual, you know, I want to say danger, but because, of, but for, for you, like they did stuff that was like, oh, I'd never do that. Like that's what pulled you in. What kept you in is the fact that it really wasn't erotica and it was a romance story. That's why you stayed because you could relate to the romance story. But you initially started reading because there was this sense of sexual danger. They do stuff. Um, and I think that's, that's important. I think it's, we need to be comfortable with whatever that first step is that we take, you know, and I don't, you know, I, I jest about the whole Fifty Shades thing, but listen, I love that audience because it is a huge audience of people and they genuinely want to know more. And yeah. that's why they read those books. And that's why I love what I do because it's an opportunity to talk to those people and to, so going back to your question, I think you use it as, as we're doing on Friday. It's a naughty bedtime story. It's let me read something to you. And I think it's good because you can gauge like you, what, you, what sounds good and sexy to you may not sound good and sexy to your partner, but you won't know until you share it with them. Yes. And, and then you have to have the conversation of what did you like? What did you not like? Did you not like it? Why did you not like it? What would you have liked? And I think that's what, you know, what I like to tell folks is don't be afraid because you don't know if your partner is into it. That's, that's why you have to read. Yeah. That's why you have to say, babe, I want to try something different. Like let's read to each other, you know? And of course the guy may feel stupid and he's like, oh, am I supposed to do voices? But if you can't, that's fine too, yeah. you know? So I, again, I think it's we have to get outside of our own head and be willing to do something different. You know, if you were fortunate enough, you, your parents read to you as a kid. If you've got kids, you read to your kids. Why not read to your partner the same way that, you know, you've experienced all your life? I mean, I actually love reading the stories out loud. I really do because I, I find myself getting engrossed in the reading of the story and wanting to be like, ah, like, you know what I'm saying? Don't, don't put sounds in a story because I'm gonna give you a sound. That's what I think, you know, how I encourage people to use the stories is use them as a way of connecting with your partner, as starting a conversation with your partner because, you know, maybe you know you both are super, super vanilla and neither one of you would go anywhere near a sex club, but, in your own house, in your own bedroom, your living room, your wherever, you can go to a sex club in a book and talk about, you know, would you ever, what would you do if you did go? I think it's a great conversation starter. Even if your partner doesn't get serious and get, the, get behind the sexiness of it all, I think it's a great way to start a conversation. 
Agreed. I have, I guess I want to say advised on this in terms of I've written articles about this. I've talked about this too on my podcast. We talked about this too, I mm-hmm. think, uh, the first time we talked on my podcast. And, you know, using erotica as a tool to explore your fantasies in a safe way with your partner and get a feel, you know, for how they might feel about it, how might they might think about a particular fantasy. Maybe they were shy to tell you they wanted to get pegged. Maybe yeah. they were shy to say, you know, hey, I want you to strap me down and and you know and flog me. We often underestimate our partner's capacity, I think. Totally. And like having that opportunity to read together, which also is just a fun activity. It's a fun date night activity. Explore some of those ideas and see if that's something that you might want to do in real life. And, you know, to that end, like if you want to get creative and write your own story, you can do that too. I highly recommend writing your own stories, your own fantasies, creating your own person, like your own personas, your own characters if you can. And if you don't have the patience to write an actual story, sexting back and forth with some fun ideas and also still get a feel for what your partner might think about a particular fantasy. Oh my God. I totally love sexting. Oh my God. Oh my God. I totally love it. And I, I think I love it because I I like it when it's done at the most inopportune moment. (laughs) (laughs) And what I mean by that is you know, your partner knows at 9.30, you're going to be sitting in a meeting. So at 9.45, you get this message. And, you know, if you're not smart, you haven't changed your alerts so that the the words don't pop up on the screen. But, you know, once this game has been established, there's nothing like an inappropriate text (laughs) during the course of the day. And listen, this is foreplay, okay? You don't like to give us the foreplay that we really want, that long, whatever, when we're together. You, you want to get around some of that? Start texting. Start doing that all day. And by the time she gets home, you'll be lucky if you get a chance to even unbutton your pants because she'll <laughs> be all on it. And, and ladies, you know, you're like, oh, no, I can't send selfie or anything. Listen, I'm going to give you a game to play. The game you play with your partner is Basically, it's guess what color my panties are. And he's got to guess or she's got to guess the color of the panties. And you eventually then just take a little hip shot. It doesn't even have to be the whole butt cheek. Just give him a little hip shot or a little groin shot of what color the panties are, what pattern the panties are, whatever the case is. That game right there, skip a day. See if your partner doesn't go, hey, where's my panties? What, 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 what color? Like, you know, I would get a text that said blue. I'm like, Blue what? That's what color your panties are today. I'm like, oh my God, we're not even playing that game today. <laughs> you got them hooked. You got them hooked right. on the game. But, yep. So, so, you know, this idea of sexting, even get outside of your head in terms of what you think it is. Yeah. Yes, you can write some, I want to do this, that, or the other to you. Or you can just give them a little hip shot. Um, Give him a little cleavage shot. You know, it's, it's not as complicated. Doesn't have to be some, you know, porn, toned down, whatever. It's what you establish between the two of you that makes it sexy. You know, there's no rules. Let me tell you, no rules. Oh my God. You want to say challenge to Casey? Tell Casey, it's this, 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 and this. And then Casey's going to be like, Mm, okay 
<laughs> no, I think it's no rules. It's whatever the two of you have established it to be, because that's the only place it matters. It's what you want to do, not what someone tells you, because I have decided and determined, but I've more so decided. And, and hear me out. How many women have decided that they've never had an orgasm because they've never felt what Cosmo has described, what all the professionals have described? Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I don't have those experiences. I don't, you know, you're busy checking everything off the list that you've never had. And the problem then is you become a little stressed out about it. So I say, fuck all of that. Right? <laughs> like, don't do that to yourself. You want to be able to enjoy the experience. And so make it something that you and your partner or partners decided that it is. Lay your own ground rules. Because in my opinion, there are no rules. Fuck all of that. It's so true. And I mean, it's easy for people to get intimidated by the idea of, you know, sexting or writing a story. And, you know, it doesn't have to be grammatically correct. It just has to be like from you, right? And it's all about having fun. And we forget about that. This is all about playtime. Okay. We don't play as adults. We work really hard. We forget to play. We forget about the playfulness when it comes to relationships. We forget about all of that. And that's a really fun thing, regardless of maybe whether you've started dating someone recently or you've been together for 15 years, it doesn't matter. That playtime, that fun connection Mm -hmm. is so important. So, you know, writing erotica is one way. Sexting is another way, you know, it's also faster, maybe like easier to, easier to do than writing a whole story out. But you know, that back and forth and that figuring out what your partner's into and then surprising them out of the blue with a little detail they may have mentioned by accident that revealed something sexy that they wanted, but were not willing to necessarily ask you upfront about. What is the point of all this if we can't enjoy ourselves, right? Amen. So true though. I, I, you know, we live in a society where sex is made to be dirty. Yes. And sexuality now, the fluidity of sexuality is also a dirty thing. Yes. And, you know, for some of us, we're like, I don't understand. Why can't I just do what I want to do? You know, consequences are mine at the end of the day. They're mine, right? Whether we're talking a spiritual consequence or a natural consequence. It's mine to choose. And so I, I fully feel like I don't care what level you are. Um, you need to be happy and comfortable in that space and do everything you can to be happy, happy and comfortable in that space. It's so important, especially oh. because sex is good for your health. Medically, let's let's add the whole medical slash sciencey reason why sex yeah, is good it, for you. It's good for your health. And see, I, I'm now 51 years old, and I'm reading all these AARP uh, about how sex is, you know, part of the longevity process. Masturbation, part of the longevity process. Yeah, I mean, of course, diet and exercise. Yeah, but you know, sex like, is easier. Well, you know, if you have sex for 100 years, you'll live a long life. Right there, you go. There you I go. Mean, have, have, Listen, have you seen Rita Daniels? Okay. I mean, she's 69 years old and fabulous. Yep. Absolutely fabulous. I'm just saying. Great tips on how to seduce your partner and stay young while you're doing it, right? There you go. Those are amazing tips. Health tips, sex tips, all the stuff. 
Do you have any creative tips for people who might, you know, never have sexted before? Although I don't know who the hell hasn't tried at this point, but you know, there are probably still some folks out there who never tried um, or who never wrote an erotic story and want to test it out, you know? So what's maybe a good tip for getting them started to doing it? So both sexting and writing an erotic story, my number one suggestion, draw on what you know. That being, if you just had some amazing sex last night, that morning, sext it. Like, let, let your partner know you're still hot, you're still horny, you're still tingly. I loved it when you did this, that, or the other. Like, start with that because it's what you know and it'll be genuine. Um, and because they were there and you just said, I love what you did or yes. I'm still feeling they have already bought in because now they're like, I did that, you know? <laughs> so the easiest way to sex is to talk about something that, you know, maybe you didn't have sex last night, but there's that time a couple of days ago where he grabbed you at the restaurant and was unexpected. Say that. Talk about how that made you feel. Doesn't have to be a lot of words, but it's something, you know, it's something that you experience together and you can both immediately enjoy that. Um, as far as writing a story, Again, what you know, that same experience, write out your experience, write out how you felt, what you were thinking. And if it's easier to start with your name, do that. Start with your name because you want the story to come from you because you don't want to have to think that hard about it. You just want to dive back into that moment and get it down on the paper. Feeling connected, connecting your your reader, your partner, your lover to that moment, those feelings, that sen- the sensation mm-hmm. of having been in that moment. The five senses. There are five senses and we ha- experience all of them in those moments. So we oftentimes rely on sight, sound, and touch, but there is smell involved. I mean, definitely, even if you have to stop and think about it, I guarantee you, you can find something that that smells whether it was on the way to the moment whether it was in the moment you know whether it's your partner even if your partner just came back from the gym and they smelled hot and sweaty and salty Ooh. it's a part of the experience that you want to capture when writing think about the five senses how can you describe it through the five senses Perfect advice. I love that. And if you want to experience the five senses, then you need to read Casey's erotica. Let's tell everybody how and where they can get their dirty little hands on some of your erotic stories. Well, the easiest way is to go to my website, which is Casey-Carter.com. C-A-S-E-Y-C-A-R-T-E-R.com. All of my stories are available on Amazon, but there's more than one Casey Carter there. So just go to my website and you can then go off and get, read a little excerpt of each story and decide which one or how many you're going to buy. <laughs> and how can people find you on social? Ah, the social. All right. The so socials. on Twitter, I am Reed Casey Carter, R-E-A-D-C-A-S-E-Y-C-A-R-T-E-R. On Instagram, I am the Casey Carter Experience. Mm. Again, the Casey Carter Experience on Instagram and read Casey Carter 
on Twitter. Read her stories. Please go check out her site. And bonus, if you do buy one of Casey's eBooks, you will come free to our event this Friday, Cocktails and Erotic Tales. You can get tickets on Eventbrite on Casey-Carter.com. And also for fun, if you you know can't remember those two, LexiSilver.com, Lexi with an I, Silver with a Y. Yeah, I'm. I am so looking forward to it. I'm like giddy. I'm. I'm in my mind going, what are you gonna wear? Thank you for joining me again, Casey. I can't wait to hang out with you on Friday. We're gonna have so much. Thanks for having me, Lexi. Oh, awesome. And that is it for this week's episode, my lectual friends. Thank you all for listening today. Don't forget, you can learn more about sex health and relationships as you seek, discover, and connect at sdc.com. Use my promo code 7070 to get two months free at SDC and try it out for yourself. Tune in live on Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern on Voice America's Variety Channel for my next show. And you can always get my podcast episodes on demand whenever you want them on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Music. Thanks for joining me, Lexi Silver, on Seek, Discover, Create. Until next time, stay lectual, people. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to Recovery Radio. New content for this program is available every Friday with all episodes available on demand here on the Voice America Variety Channel and through our content partners, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Google Play Podcasts. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review so we can continue to create quality content to help save 1 million lives in the next 100 years. You don't need to struggle through addiction alone. Live the life you dreamed on the road to recovery. 